I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama. Some interesting, cool, South African relevant yeah. content yeah. Um, on where we were at. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mommy's a bunch. Mommy's a bunch. Is Mama's a bunch? Jesus. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. You're Probably. in another zone, but you're totally out of the twilight. Mama! 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 Attitude! Hi, and welcome back to Mamas with Attitude. Hi, Kat. Hi, Dee. This is our fifth episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we are joined today by Uka Collins, who runs a playgroup in Melville called Uka's Playgroup. My son, Tawi, attends um, Uka's Playgroup, and it was a long and arduous process <laughs> to find a space that I was happy with, that he was happy with. As you all know, Kath and I have been whining about our three nages. We felt it really pertinent to actually have a conversation with somebody who can speak teenager because clearly we can't <laughs> and so yeah so today we're very very happy to have you on Uka. thank mm, you so much you. for the listeners kath said it's important to uh just paint the picture and say that we are seated on preschooler chairs <laughs> at their pre- preschooler little tables and actually Uka, could we have some of that play-doh they get <laughs> some building blocks <laughs> some <laughs> but also we have our shampers in front of us yes so we do we're straddling both the three okay, does for, for the parents listening. Don't worry. That is your responsible caregiver. <laughs> Whereas we're not. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so yes, that that is the context. Yeah. Thank you so much, Oka, for joining us. It's a pleasure. Cool. So, Oka, perhaps you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your space and how you kind of arrived here. Mm. This is such a beautiful and warm space. I know you guys won't all get a chance to see it. It's a small playgroup of about is it 10 kids 10 to 12 depending how hectic the year is i opened the playgroup in 2003 wow yeah so it's been a while i used to be the young teacher younger than all the parents now i'm older (laughs) (laughs) oldest Wow. And I used to be really judgmental. Parents would come in the morning really tired and go, oh, I didn't get any sleep because the baby's on me and the little one is in the bed. And I'm thinking, and I used to think, like, so why is your child in your bed? Like, that's seriously, you did that to yourself. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So not judgmental anymore. That's the lesson 101, right, of yes. becoming a parent, is that, like, and I, you see it repeatedly on all these Instagram yeah. accounts and all these Facebook accounts of, like, I used to be the one judging screen time, and now here I am, like, handing the iPad over at 5 yeah, o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah. You just don't know until you're there. That's, your big, that's yeah. certainly been my biggest lesson, becoming a parent. I yes. now never judge. Yeah. Ever. No, Every single time I do, it comes back to me. Yeah. But I, I do find you kind of better than most. It's so funny that you're the teacher because, so Uka's said to me more than once, she says, she's kind of in complete disbelief usually about someone else. She goes, I love learning new things. I love it when people tell me the thing, you know, so that I can learn the thing. And I mean, I just, it must also be in your personality to be that way because I think that for lots of parents, you do kind of realize you can't judge as much because you don't know as much. But I still think that for lots of parents, they do actually hold on quite tightly to what they do know to pass that on to their kids and so like I don't know I do find a kind of openness from having gotten to know you you're very open to like opinion but also if someone like really does have something that they know a lot about you you're quite open to that you know what I mean and I think that working with small kids I suppose you have to be yeah you know I suppose there has to be yeah a lot of room for imagination and for creating the drama every day for them for and with them so also, I mean I know this sounds so cliche but they just teach you so much more than what you can ever teach them and mm. I think in there lies the trick mm. yes you know yes. you've got to be able to be flexible and just adjust accordingly yes Amo say hello hello say hello what do you think about your brother 
Okay, so why don't you tell us a bit? So we know you work with. You take them from what? About one, a little bit over no, one. So I also run baby group. Oh yes. So normally, um, that starts at six months. Okay. So parent or nanny or grandma or whoever comes with baby, and it's an hour and a half class, mm-hmm. and I basically teach them how to stimulate their child and what it's really about. That it's not about expensive toys, but it's about the input and the language you give them. And we sing hello, and we do songs and action songs, and then we also do sexual fine motor. Mm-hmm. So like. So for instance, we use all recyclable material. And the idea is that if your child, which often your child doesn't want to do it in the moment, you can take the idea home and do it at home. And there's no pressures about having fun and just creating an environment where parents or caregivers can chat. And you know, when especially a first-time mom or first-time dad, you know, you don't really know what's going on. It's so nice to hear someone else in the same position, Mm. even if you just want to sit outside Mm. and drink tea and eat. And so the idea behind that that is you're in a safe space with your safe person and then when they get to about 16 17 mm. months mm. they switch over to the intermediate group at play group then you come to play group with your safe person it's a new new room and then the baby room which is somewhere else we go there for music the play group children normally okay. anyway so then we all go there for music just by the way what we do on a thursday and then they see all the play group children sitting on their own little pillars in a circle but they still sit with their same person, person and they get used to the playgroup kids mm. and then we do the songs in there and the hello song which they all know and then we come back to playgroup we wash, so that's new and have snack with them they play outside in a different area from because the babies have a separate play area and they play with the playgroup children and then slowly slowly they get used to me to the routine here so that because i don't believe in trauma so i don't think there needs to be any kind of drop off and, and scream and go and because you know they don't actually know that you're coming back i mean it's terrible to say but they don't yeah. until you keep repeating it repeating it mm. but that way there's no trauma one of the things that I find really interesting I kind of landed in the spot of being a playgroup parent because because of Cape Town and I just felt like I suppose being a first time parent you're just so excited about everything to come that you kind of like yeah and now it's time to start looking out for things to do every day I didn't want to send him to a kind of big facility mm. and so we found a little playgroup in Cape Town and it was it was also very very sweet very small i think there were like four other kids and it was very close to home and it, it really worked and then when we moved here lots of friends said oh and it'll be totally easy for tao you'll just you can go to mimosa you can go to mimosa so that's my first encounter with mimosa and i i went to see it and i was kind of about to sign him up and i went oh this feels really big this feels really big and i mean on the one hand of course i was being quite precious about it which i'm also learning now just different parents different approaches because i kind he went to his nursery school from earlier right? yeah. <laughs> i found uka's playgroup but it's not easy to find a playgroup yeah, i guess is the one thing it. because i'm psycho and the one thing i can do really well is do research and find things so if you give me a task <laughs> i will find it i'm very curious about like i guess for people who don't know can you maybe explain what is the difference between a playgroup okay. and a nursery school right and would you i mean obviously you have one so i'm sure you would advocate for the one versus just straight into a nursery Mm. school but i mean there are lots of kids who of course do go the nursery school route and they're totally fine and they're happy and they thrive Mm. i guess maybe just some tips for because we kath and i both know lots of moms who are in that phase where they are now trying to figure out what do they do with their kids? And as you know, I'm in the phase because um, Uka takes them up to about three or just over. So in the year so that the they year turn that three. three yeah. That's the end of that year they leave. Yes. Because normally nursery schools used to start in the year that they turn four. So you would enter know preschool the year they turn four. And then you go to grade R. But okay. since when is grade R a thing? Grade R certainly wasn't, wasn't a thing, a thing when we were at school. Yeah. No. Yeah. I can't remember the exact year, but basically it happened because children who hadn't been in preschool mm. who were entering grade one still had to get used to the medium. So it took longer then to learn letters and read and all of that. Mm. Just so, to get everyone on the same page. Exactly. Mm. So then they realized, okay, to even it, they're going to have to make, they called it grade R or noughts and make it compulsory. So mm. it's not so hard. 
for for everyone to, yeah i wonder so, what the outcome is of that though because i think you probably still face the same issues the same challenges and i know that our basic education system is quite broken and yeah. obviously that's again a generalization it's not all schools mm. are broken but i do wonder if the, the, it's had the desired effect or the desired outcome and i find that with education it's been interesting and perhaps similarly with health you have all these kind of consultants who came in with a new dispensation mm. and were very theoretical in what they thought would work absolutely and practically looking at the disparity around inequalities in south africa geographical issues whatever whatever that may be mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily always work it's a blanket approach that may not always work so i do wonder if grade r does level the playing fields in the ways in which we imagine Well, I feel like there are a lot of, uh, Dee and I actually spoke about it earlier today. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are a lot of disadvantages because what then happened was that all of a sudden grade R became part of school and some some children were already in uniforms at that age and the Mm -hmm. expectations were higher. There wasn't enough play or there isn't enough play. They're sitting at desks when they're not supposed to be sitting at desks yet. They're learning letters now in grade R and reading which originally they weren't supposed to. It was only supposed to get used to the different media. From grade one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now, and it's had a knock-off effect on the preschools because now, okay, so now we're all in grade R, so now actually you need to put your children in preschool before grade R, and then it became, oh, but play group, and oh, are you in a baby group? And the expectation is becoming higher and higher, and the pressure on the children are becoming more and more, and how many extra meals is your child doing, and, and, and. So in my opinion, that's why I think play group needs to stay play group, and nursery schools shouldn't be doing the two to three-year-olds. Because they really need that environment to just play. Mm. And it's not necessarily nursery schools. It's around, you know, it's the parents want it. So they put pressure on the teachers. Mm. And it's just this, like, vicious circle. Mm. Yes. So you find in a lot of nursery schools, the children are doing um, worksheets. And the parents think it's amazing. Yes. Circle the same one. Which one is different? Because they can see that they mm. learn something. Mm. But actually, the child will learn much more swimming in the sand for grabbing the spade from a child next to him. And that's also why I like to have a playgroup so no one can put that pressure on me at a nursery school. The principal sure. can't come in. So, so I had this problem when I was teaching at the school that I had to do it the way the principal taught sure. me to do it. Sure. And then when you else. as a parent come to me and say... Oh, I'm, you know, I don't like this. Or what What does this mean? And I don't believe in it. How do I defend what can it? You say? Yeah. yeah. So then, when I open my own playgroup, I do exactly the way, do it the way I wanted to, want to believe yeah. in. So now, if you have a problem, I'm like, okay, this is what I do, and yes. I'm not going to change. And you know, when put it that bluntly, if you don't like it, yes. go somewhere else. Have you thought about the pipeline of the children who are exiting your playgroup? Yes. Mm-hmm. But beyond the nursery school that they go to thereafter, but the primary school and the secondary school, because speaking about the pressures on children, I think that that's a huge, huge thing. Yes, and, I, and I look at, I have a brother who's 19 years younger than me, and I look at the things that he's doing in the same high school that I went to versus the things that I did. And this high school is in many ways still politically progressive. It's still a very cultural, alive space. Um, there's a lot of things that are the same, but there are things that have changed so, so dramatically and the levels of homework, the expectations, the you need to have your shit figured out much earlier. I I really struggle with that because I, I wonder what that will look like for, for my child and, mm. and, and, and my children actually mm. going into going into the world. So I think that what I, I as Dee knows, I'm quite pragmatic in the sense where I do, I want to handle my child with a level of kid clubs that is required because I remember I grew up in a very safe space. I was in a very diverse space, right? Mm, mm. And had a lot of things that were um, really stimulated my imagination and my element of play from a foundation age. That said, the world is quite different now. Mm. How do I prepare my child and my my new, my newborn for a world that is different? Um, so your ki- the kids that are leaving your space and going into the next what is what is ideal for you? What does that look like? So I'm very much aware of where they go, and yeah. I feel like they need to be prepared. So yeah. <laughs> the first year when they come to me and they two, they're little babies, and there's a lot of nurturing and a lot of freedom and flexibility. Meaning, if we're sitting doing morning ring and tousing in the sandpit, and he's two and he's He's going to come in as long as there's another person who can be outside with him and will encourage him and he'll naturally come eventually when he sees everybody else because that's what children do they want to be like their friends but he still has that flexibility mm-hmm. then the, the second year that they hear 
where they turn three, they get more responsibilities. And now it's, Atari, can you help um, so-and-so wash her hands? Can you show her where to put her apron? Mm-hmm. And then especially in the last term, you know, I know that they're moving on and we talk about going and what that means. And mm-hmm. that I know the milestones that they have to reach and what they're going to expect of them. Mm-hmm. Like putting their own lunch boxes away, what putting up their own sleeves to wash their hands, dressing themselves. You know, a lot of coming to you to say there is a problem, which is why I prefer them to be in a small space. Because I hear everything they say and I can intervene and mm. I can lead the conversation, lead the play. Mm. So that by the time they leave here, they're not going to stand in the corner and cry when something happens mm. in the playground. They have the coping skills to come and tell the teacher or tell mm. you what happened. They have the language, which is why I think they need to be separate from all the kids. Mm. And then there's also, so because I'm a preschool teacher, mm. I run a preschool program, even though they play group age so i do exactly the program that we do in a preschool so that would be free play when they arrived morning ring we do art free play we do music and movement Mm. then we do free play and we do um, clean up, tidy up, and we would do story. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what you're going to find at Green sure. Park, at the sure. parks. That is your, at Westcliff where you are, that is your program. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason it's like that. But then what I've added, obviously, is my own mm-hmm. other things in between. And then you wouldn't get the flexibility in a preschool yes. than you would in play group mm-hmm. and, and, and. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that what you were asking about, and I often think about this with my own child, who's now just turned six is we need to, they're going to live in a different world from us. Mm. Their ocean, the oceans are going to be covered in plastic. There's, you know, the global warming, there's that, it's just, there's so many things that they are going to have to need to think out of the box for. Jobs that we can't even think of yet. Really a completely different world. For me, it's almost better to prepare them. The emotional and social is so much more important to learn to work in a group, Mm. to be the leader, to follow, cooperation, Mm. you know, all that kind of stuff is so important and how do you develop that mm. you know not having a strict program where you have to listen yeah. to what the teacher says yeah. and yeah. we're all sitting here and yeah. we're all making a tortoise and this is what we're doing now <laughs> and you want to make mummy no you're not making mummy and no the tortoise does not have six legs mm. so what is your child learning mm. you know well so you want your yeah. child to be in a school where your child goes Mm, I don't want to make a tortoise. I want to make a robot that turns into a tortoise and then grows into, into mommy. Mommy. <laughs> monster truck mommy. <laughs> you know, and what yeah, do we yeah. need for that? Yeah. Okay, let's think about it. Okay, mm. do we need toilet rolls? Do we need, let's go in the garden. You know, like, I mean, you can imagine what that child is learning. Yes. Instead of sitting there... Yes. Being told no, mm. now your child brings the beautiful tortoise home that also mm. you're impressed with because it looks like a tortoise. You put it on your fridge, you mm. affirm, you affirm that yeah. the teacher's work is better, yeah. that her idea yes. was better. Yeah. Your family comes over, oh, what a beautiful tortoise. Yeah. Opposed to the scratch, <laughs> the little, yeah. they've taken yeah. the black crayon because that was the closest and then they like, yeah. did, you know, but... No, it's fascinating. And actually, these days, when Taos come home with his art, I ask him, what is this? Hmm. And he has a wonderful idea about, it's a monster truck. And then my monster truck did this, and then it became a transformer. And then, you know, so it's I, I enjoy it. But I also have no other point of reference, hmm. right? I will say, though, that's going to check out some of the nursery schools in the area. Hmm. I am learning that there's definitely a formula as you're saying, yeah. Oka, there's a formula that works or quote unquote works. And what I find really interesting watching this take place now is that I see these kids then enter varsity. Mm, yeah. I see them enter varsity. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, that must be fascinating. It isn't, it isn't because they're not cute anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they are very confused and they don't know how to think. And, and they want they a don't. prize for participating. They want prizes for everything. You know, and also there's a lot of um, emotional immaturity and inability to really work through things. So there is this 
constant mm. the context is that they are all flailing all the time they don't know how to hold space even for themselves many of them and I, i'm not exaggerating yeah sure you know it's so interesting because uka and i had this conversation this morning about terminology because i posted something on instagram yesterday about creches and i don't know what i said creche play school nursery school so i just kind of intermixed all these different terms about a place that looks after young children sure. with my own understanding of that which is probably not so much similar mm. to yours because you have a more Deeper. formal mm. education around mm. that yeah i mean i think for the most part what that means to us both and you can you know correct me if you think i'm wrong kath is a space that is stimulating and interesting and where the kids can play and grow and learn and both emotionally and they're safe uka said to me this morning my terminology was all wrong so i went home and i was like oh wow that's Do really you interesting like judgy though no no but no, but seriously, it's hugely helpful yeah. because I genuinely didn't realize that. What that actually brought up for me, I realized, was that I was raised very differently to the way that Tao is being raised. Mm. So mm. for my parents, I mean, around the time that I was in creche, we were staying in like, not like poor neighborhoods, but I mean, my dad was a minister in a relatively poor mm. neighborhood. We were like what lower middle class and like stuff around uh, model c schools only came out a little bit after and then i remember you know i just went to any old crash so i what, what i'm realizing is that there all these things that we think long and hard about yeah. us as yeah. this generation yeah that my parents yeah. they certainly didn't yeah. and i realized that for me the terminology that's where it begins and ends mm. is that my understanding of it's actually quite different but the terminology remains the same mm. so i wondered for how many of us that for our generation who come from a kind of aspirationally middle class background and many of us do you know how that yeah. stuff plays out and where the best school was probably the closest school the best school was the closest school but also model c schools were a huge huge deal and and model c schools came with their own things for breakfast you know am i going to put tao's name down for somewhere and and i kind of you know i was kind of, I was kind of completely frantic thinking i don't even know where to start i'm wondering if maybe you can just give our listeners a like a kind of some tips i suppose to think about i guess perhaps a little bit about that yeah it is very daunting so what i always say is keep your options open because you don't know what your kids going to be like so you put your mm-hmm. name down when your child is small and then closer mm-hmm. to the time you go and you check it out again because teachers change mm-hmm. Sure. Principles change. Sure. Your child might be best friends with mm. little Sophie, mm. and little Sophie is going mm. to the school, and now your child is shattered, and your child is actually quite shy and can't cope on his own, mm. and now you don't have that option because you didn't put your name down. Sure. So put yes. your name down at a few places. You might have a sporty child. You might have a quirky child. Mm. Keep your options open. Can you put your name down for a government school? No. No. So okay. you can only put your name down the year before. Mm-hmm. you go into grade one and is that a i saw this thing on the news and sorry i do sound quite ignorant and a bit silly now but for others who might also be in my position if you want your kid to go to a government school is that part of that kind of national day where you yes. have to register yes. online yes. and that happens in yes. a specific yes. way at a specific time okay yes. and at private schools often parents put their names down when they're pregnant no yes. you can't put your name down when you're pregnant anymore oh. you have to put your name down when you have a birth certificate because oh. was that Goodness. ridiculous because people were putting their names on when they're pregnant and then they're miscarrying or they were having the giving birth to stillborns or whatever the case is and then obviously not following up because of the grief I mean or the yeah. mourning process not following up with the school to say that this wow. person is no longer mm. and then the schools were having to like deal with essentially these open places not that they couldn't fill them but so when I went back to start that kind of pedantic looking at various different schools yes. they were saying we need a birth certificate at the and I was like there of course we need a birth certificate because the person has to be alive and they were saying no the people were coming there at 3 months pregnant putting No seriously it's a thing wow. it was a thing mm-hmm. Actually see now we're on the topic of private schools I am increasing increasingly more kind of taken by the politics of private schools who gets in who doesn't get in and certainly in Johannesburg I think it is definitely more racially mixed sure. class wise obviously we're speaking about a very similar kind of class
class of mm. child who is mm. attending that school. Mm. Um, in Cape Town, of course, private schools, you know, as many diverse. spaces, not very diverse at all. And so <clears throat> I'm wondering, Uka, from your perspective, in terms of small tots who, I'm going to say this, but we also, we had this, both Uka and I attended a talk about race and how children, small children see race from an early age at Uka's playgroup about two weeks ago. But I'm very intrigued by when they start seeing race and how that manifests for them, not in contrived ways. And it's, there's nothing not about what they're seeing. They see, they perceive of difference as or we sameness. all do. Or sameness, exactly. Yes, better way of phrasing that. Mm. And I guess I want to know from you, how important do you think that is? Do you think it is important for children to be, for small children in particular? Because I do think perhaps parents think about this later when kids are in high school and they're going... Oh, yeah. you know, that's like, yes, yeah. exactly. Which by then it's almost too late. Exactly. So for me, it's one of my top things because of personal experience. Yeah, because I've been in this space for a really long time and I guess I see things that parents don't always see. Little children make sense of their world by seeing patterns. Mm. For instance, at the moment, it's all about, in my class at the moment, it's all about who's a boy, who's a girl, who's big, who's small. And children of colour see race much sooner than, so white parents are often surprised when I think it's an issue. And I feel almost it's their responsibility to Mm. be more hectic with their white kids and use that privilege and power in a good way. And make sure that their white children are in diverse spaces and mm. schools and that's a topic for <coughs> another day another day so they see patterns yeah so for me it's very important that they represented in the play group different children are mm. represented so there needs to be a, you have to have diversity in your books on your walls mm. <clears throat> on your family photographs so it's not really going to work if have like seven white children and like one little black child Mm. because how is that child going to feel you know Mm. Um, and if all the parents are white and my parents are not I get really irritated when teachers don't realize how important and parents don't realize how important diversity is in schools a lot of teachers have the attitude that I don't see color why does it matter blue green yellow it does matter (laughs) <laughs> children, <laughs> children see color. 100%. We have to talk about it. We have to be okay about mm. it. And if I don't feel comfortable talking about it, how's this little child going to navigate that space? Mm. Yeah, sure. Mm. So we talk about it a lot at paper in an age-appropriate way. Yes. So yes. we point out sameness and we point out difference. So we'll say, "Tell me, you have curly hair." And so and so, you have black hair, and you have short hair, and you have red hair, and we all have different hair, but we all have the same because we all have to wash our hair. Yeah. And yes. I have brown skin, and you have black skin, and you have uh, creamy color skin, and you have toffee color skin. We all have different skin, but we all have to put sun cream on us. Yeah, yeah. And, and if that, I don't actually, have the different, if I imagine I say. You have blonde hair, and you have blonde hair, and you have blonde hair, and you have blue eyes, and you have blue eyes. Mm. Then that's the norm. Mm. And if all the books illustrate that, yes, of course. And then that's the norm and the ideal, yeah. which is mm. why it's so hard for black children to navigate things because the princess is blonde, and this princess is blonde, sure. and in this book the hero is is a white male and I buy my black daughter tattoos and it doesn't show up in the skin because nobody's ever sure. thought of that or magnets for the fridge and it shows which little task she's done and I have to really search to find children oh. with brown faces. Every little thing mm. has been designed for white people. I mean no, the emojis have only changed colour in the last year, two years or whatever. In the last few years, yeah. which is now why I always send a black thumbs up because yeah. I feel like you have to live in my daughter's world where everything is white. I will make sure she sees my white friends will all get black emojis yes. and yes. see what the world is really yeah. like for her. I grew up in, um, my, my mother is white, my father is colored, and then my stepfather is Indian. So we lived in Lens and it was interesting because obviously we were a diverse group and they couldn't actually get married. In South Africa they had to get married in Zimbabwe. Did they? Yeah. No they way. Were, 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 yeah, they couldn't get married. 
So they rang yo, Harare, yo, yo, Liz, and then Liz. they came back, and then we lived in Lens, and we would take a Patco bus to yeah, Fordsburg, and I was in a school in Bellevue, just outside of Yeovil, a nursery school, and I got teased relentlessly about my hair. So my hair was curly at the time, and I would get teased by these white kids about my hair, and mm. I was unhappy in that school for maybe a month, and my mother thought, fuck this, I'm actually moving my child. Mm. So she moved me then to a school called Jiswa, and Jiswa stands for something that's much longer and much more inclusive, and I can't remember the name right now, mm. but Jiswa was in Fordsburg, and we celebrated every single religious holiday. There were kids of in all the races there, predominantly Indian children because it was in Fordsburg, but sure. there were kids, the black kids, colored kids, white this kids. Was the 90s? Early 90s. It was the 80s, and I think mm. what was interesting about Jiswa is Jiswa was very much like an NGO stalwart kind of space to send your kids, like Mimosa. Right? So you send your kids there because you think that it's politically kind of inclusive and all the rest. And, it, and for a large part, it was. Yeah. But I think that like race one is definitely important. Mm-hmm. Representation is hugely important. Absolutely. And D, you and I and our friends have that conversation where we go to bookstores and we're like, mm-hmm. we're searching for books that have black kids, brown kids, Indian kids, mm. different <coughs> religious kind of narratives, if we want a religious narrative, whatever that may look like. And it's been fascinating for me that like with the new dispensation and like us being quote unquote born frees, we're not quite, but born frees, there's, there's kind of the expectation that now everything's cool, everything's all right. And it's not, mm. you know, so we're still raising our children in a predominantly white space yeah. and because asking of class definitely because of class mm-hmm. but also what's interesting for me is having conversations with speaking back to the school narrative yeah. having conversations with various different people at dinner tables around where they're sending their children mm. and no for a lot of our friends, and this is a drag, Brian said it is a drag, they're thinking of sending the kids to the ridge. Oh. Um, and what I mean by drag is dragging them across the coals, if you like, about it. But I think that it's fascinating for me because <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is this about? And having grown up in a fairly inclusive space, these are people who went to Sacred Heart who are politically, like, very acutely aware, astute, and, and all the And they'll say stuff like, no, but it will never change unless we change it. And I keep saying, I hear you on all fronts. But is the guinea, your guinea pig is going to be your kid. Mm. Your kid is going to be that at the coalface around changing what that looks like. And I have a friend who has that theory. Dee and I know someone who has that, mm-hmm. who, who wants to go to a more conservative school where her child will not be mm-hmm. in the majority or even... Not like, even vaguely. Not even vaguely, halfway. But she's willing to have that fight and she wants to make a change. And I look, find I'm it fascinating. For it, for it. Like, if that's what you can do, I am not able to do that mm. personally. But I, you can do that as a parent, right? And granted, I know people will come at me and that's fine but you can do that as a parent what are you putting your child through in doing that so my thing is don't talk to me about transformation is very high on our agenda and i can't wait we're gonna we're thinking about transforming our schools you know what i mean like great i'm pleased that you committee for fuck's sakes i don't give a shit like what are your numbers and i remember going to st john's and having a conversation around uh, that was the first so everything else the the principal was speaking in such articulate easy ways he was engaging joey and i yes speak about them dem- no not race what are your demographics, demographics. what are your demographics well uh uh well um uh twitch twitch mm. i was like fuck you i yeah. can't do this with you i'm not interested in my son being a guinea pig i'm not yes. interested in my son being mm. stereotyped in a specific fashion like i wasn't stereotyped and like for a range of reasons, but I wasn't stereotyped. Why would I want to put my kid through that? It makes no sense. Dari, I'm sick. Hello, Dari, I'm sick. You do it. I almost got hiccups. What is that? Eh? I almost got hiccups. Where? No. Sorry, I'm we're speaking to Oka about teenagers, which is... Which is completely lost in We completely lost. We have not gotten there yet. Oka. Oka, how Confession. do you spend... Confession. Oh, go, 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 go. I'm going to kill my child. <laughs> so please help me. And a good friend of mine sent me a podcast, which I haven't listened to because I have a six-week-old and I'm just... 
I'm failing at life at the moment, but around this woman who runs a little institute, I forget her name, and maybe I should have that at some point, but I forget her name. She runs an institute in the States around toddlers and, and it's an mm. entire research in, uh, institute. And she's got now, she was then on this these two other women's podcasts. I for, of course, I forget the name. Sorry, listeners, I'll put it out onto social media or whatever. So she has this podcast running and it was super interesting for me because she was saying that toddlers are in a particular kind of phase in their lives where they understand the world in a very a very particular way and i have to admit i i am frightened of my child all the time and now and we were speaking about this in the driveway but like having the perspective of a newborn i mm. flailed at newborn life as well because newborns for me were just like oh this is a lot like what do you mean i have to feed them every two to three hours what do you mean i have to do like wake up every two to three hours whatever that whatever the issue was now having a newborn i'm like oh he is cuddly he is uncomplicated he is wonderful he doesn't talk he doesn't talk yeah. which is one way he left him. he stays where he let, where you left him <laughs> which is all the things that a good girlfriend of ours used to say to us about newborns and how why she yes. loved them and i yeah. never understood yes now, now i get it but it's because yes. my three-year-old is literally rocking our entire household yeah so Maybe if you could just speak a little bit because this is a space that you feel no so comfortable. Magic about. Line that I can give you. Give us make the magic. This all okay. Yeah. Okay, so I think that my question is: What do you do when you're living in a house where it's either incredibly put together, well managed, he's articulate, he's in a good space, we're all cool? To very next moment, he is throwing his shit out of the fucking park, and the rest of us are all like, "What the fuck happened?" And we don't know how we got here. So how do you manage that? What do you do? Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, how I survive very okay. is just seeing the humor in it. I don't know. That's how it's like. This is why I keep saying the humor. You do. I do keep saying this. You've got to see the humor in it. You do. Because, and then the Can you laugh at them slash with them? (laughs) Well, I do. Good question. And it just kind of sometimes just like dissolves. Summers it down. Because I've started to do it with a gunny and it does start to dissolve the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do get very, very angry. Yes. While my own own child does. Get very, very angry when I laugh at her. But But she's six now. But the kids at school... Yeah, like sometimes you, you actually just have to have a sense of humor about it. That's, yeah. That's how I feel. But can I say, I think that some things for me but that Akane does yeah. triggers me. And this mm. is the first time that I'm in a position around parenting where I feel triggered. intellectually and emotionally triggered. Mm. And I don't, I've never encountered that. And I'm sure that this is not just for teenagers. This is yes, as we yes, were talking, yes. okay? Teenage years, you know, it will come up repeatedly during yes, the course yes. of the time with them. But he triggers a fundamental part of me where I do not, I literally see red. And I have to remove myself from the situation and remove him from me and then come back and circle back to be a parent that is responsible. I hear that. So are you asking for like little practical tips? Yes, 100%. What you're saying? Thank you for... <laughs> Tapping in and filtering. What are you actually asking for? I feel like I'm now living out the t- the toddler dome. Yeah. So one of my tiny little tactical tips <laughs> um, is she just like murmur under my breath. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I've seen her do that. And then I feel so better. <laughs> so I put my daughter in the bath. Walk to the kitchen. Go. What the fuck? Or put her in the car. Walk around to my side. And go, <laughs> that's one. Thank you. Okay, that's a very, very good one. That is useful. <laughs> now, seriously though, it's good to have like a few rules. Not many rules, just a few rules. And we all need to know what the rules are. And you can, and I've often given parents this advice and you even write it down. You sit down with your child and you say, let's talk about rules. What are rules? And because they're in preschool, they already know what rules are. Okay. And if they don't, so I do this with the children in play group as well. Say, I think we need some rules. What rules should we have? And then they look at you and then you go, am I allowed to kick you? No. I go, yeah. So that could be a rule. No kicking. Oh my God. And then I'll go, what else? And then, of course, I've gotten the ball rolling. Yes. So now everybody's got a rule. But you don't have too many. So yeah. you decide. What are we talking? You and your five. partner. 
three. Yeah. I would say, let's do four. I would say four. Okay. So I would say between you and your partner, whoever you live with, you decide first where you want this conversation to go and what you can live with. Maybe I don't mind my children jumping on the bed, jumping on the couch. I don't mind stuff like that. So you decide what's important to you. But once you've decided on your rules, Those these are, are your rules. Mm. You cannot break them when you're tired. You cannot break them when you're sick. These are your rules. What's really important. So my rules are, in a play group, we have a few rules. You say please and thank you. Okay. Non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. That's one of our rules. Mm -hmm. You don't hurt anybody, including yourself, which later, you know, when they get older, that you yes. can um, expand mm. on that. Yeah, so if you're, you, I mean, your rule could be as simple as picking up the towels. So also what's nice about that is, because you can have these rules, before you go into a shop, you already, you talk about your rules. These are the rules. So we have rules like, we don't have treats in the week, we drink water in the week well we've got a few extra rules now because my children are older older, older. let me think for two three-year-olds what else do we have at school we're not allowed to take any small toys outside like puzzles and lego scissors mm -hmm. that kind of thing we don't have many rules we mm -hmm. clean up tidy up when it's time to clean up tidy up mm -hmm. and what are the consequences because this <gasps> is where it gets tricky okay Yes. So, so again, mm. so a school environment is very different from a home mm. environment. So now I have to manage 10 little children. Yeah. If one does something wrong, all 10 pairs of eyes are on me. I cannot <laughs> let it go because there will be anarchy. Of course. So I always, there's always a, a warning. So first mm. of all, your tone of voice needs to be realistic. Mm -hmm. So studies and research show that children respond better to a deeper staccato voice which often is also why they listen more to men because their voices are naturally deeper i was so, telling you this see don't even act uh, i said to you he listens more than he listens to me uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I heard so this. going down to their level mm. so there's like eye contact not looking uh, down on them okay. so that's why you'll always see me talking to them i go on my knees uh, well on my hunches yeah. Yeah. So let's say Great towel. Let's use towel as example. Mm -hmm. Towel's in the sand, but then he's throwing sand. I don't go, oh, towie, that's not nice, boy. You know, that's not realistic. If I drive into your car, you don't get out your car and go, Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> you know, like that's just not how the world works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I promise you, the teacher at your school is not going to speak to your child like that. And then yes, I have children yes. in my class who get a big shock because yeah. it's not fair to your child. Yes. So I say, no towel. That is not nice. We don't throw sand. Yeah. Yes. It's going to go in your friend's eyes. Yes, it is. And yes. it's going to be sore. So there are a lot of disciplinarians who believe you shouldn't give them a reason. Sure. You should I, give them a reason. I feel no, they you should. should. I yes. feel they're clever little people. Mm. They need a reason. Mm. So I give them a reason. I don't shout. I mm. just talk in a deep, firm voice. Yeah. And everybody stops and looks at me. So now Tao does it the second time. Now there's a warning. What's the warning? Tao, if you don't stop throwing sand, I'm taking you out, out of, of the, the sand pit. Third time Tao does it, everyone is watching. You have to take them out. I pick them up. I put him out of the sand pit. I say, no, you don't get to play. He has a shit fit. Of course. I ignore it completely. Okay. Yeah. And I wait. He's three. I wait for three minutes. I say, are you ready to play in the sand pit again? The same with he's playing in the Wendy house and he's hitting everyone in the Wendy house. Mm. If you can't play nicely with your friends or if you're grabbing and not sharing, then you have to come out of the Wendy house. Mm. And I promise you, all the other 10 little children watch me and none of them will even try it again because they saw what She's got follow through. I follow through. Yeah. Mm. So follow through is a big thing. So follow through is a big thing. You can't say, you can't jump on the couch. Mm. But now I'm really tired. And so it's interesting because Joey keeps saying, I feel like we're in center because I was raised like this, right? So mm. you discipline mm. and you give them a reason as to why X is problematic. And then you follow through. My mother is big about follow through. She does not fuck around. Mm. So I similarly have kind of emulated that parenting style with Agani. And I think that my, my husband feels like, so he was raised in an, in an environment where kids must just listen. They must just fucking listen. Like, why do I need to explain everything? And also he feels like like we're incentivizing so i'll say stuff like if you don't do that then you're not gonna go to play with town yes mm. because uh, naughty boys need to stay at home 
and not play with Tao because you're clearly showing me that you're unable to play nicely or whatever that mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, right? And he will say, why are we incentivizing perpetually? So now he's learning reward and like do something for reward. Yeah, so also what you're saying there I find problematic. Okay. Like the naughty part. Okay. Because you are calling him naughty. Okay. Not what he is doing is naughty. Okay. And he's too small to know the difference. The difference, okay. Oh. So we try to steer away from... Mm-hmm. You are naughty. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So you are being, no, you don't even say what that. you are doing. Well, so I, in a school environment, will never use the naughty word. Okay. Number okay. one, just because, because they can't tell the difference. And if I say D, um, don't play with that cup because mm. you're being naughty. Mm. And then later on D, don't throw sand in the sand. But eventually they're going to hear D, naughty, D, naughty. Oh, it was yeah. D. D's naughty. D's not at school today. Who did it? Uh, D did it. Uh, okay. So I say, so I say, you need to listen, switch on your listening ears, you're not listening, or you are not, I try and word what they're doing, we're not breaking toys, that's not what, we're not kicking the blocks, that's not what blocks are for, we build with blocks, you know, whatever, I mean, if you give an example of Mm. of what he did, um, so I try and word, word it different, we're not going to go to Tao today, because I asked you not to splash in the bath and wet the whole bathroom, if that's one of your yeah, yeah, things yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So it's just like watch your wording around it. Mm. That's really interesting. It is. Because that's also, really if they keep hearing, they're also going to stop hearing you after a while. If you yes. keep like, no, 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 that's naughty. No, that's wrong. No, no. Like, mm. you know. I'll say this. I'll say that that's naughty behavior, but I also feel like maybe my pitch is not to, I'm not trying to undermine them, but it's exactly what you're saying. Kids of that age see things in such a specific mm. light, yeah. like it's so stark, right? And I sometimes do think that I miss that kind of, and it's, I, I'm expecting a nuance that doesn't exist. like i'm not a naughty boy mommy i'm a good boy i'm out of nowhere and i'm very acutely aware that mm. shit actually maybe i've set some of this dynamic up so you're always a good boy yes but sometimes you behave naughtily do they understand that though so you're always a good boy but sometimes you don't you don't listen and you, you do things listen. that you're not supposed to like mm. hitting your brother in the face yeah we don't do that yeah mommy doesn't hit daddy yeah yeah, yeah. Daddy doesn't hit mommy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Keep it simple on their level. Yeah. Mm. I think that that's so, so helpful. Yeah. And also to like bring it back to other people in the household. Yeah. So, which I, I actually think is kind of, that's really wonderful to hear actually for me because I'd never thought about that. Mommy doesn't hit daddy. Daddy doesn't hit mommy. And I suppose he understands back that. to like a sense of belonging, right? So, like, yeah. like your tribe, your clan, sure. what they do so and what they don't I'll do. I'll say to them at playgroup, do I grab from Carlos? No. Does yes. Carlos push me? No, we don't do that. Mm. And they, oh, and they, they get look it. at you like, with big eyes. Like yeah. they, you can actually mm. see them thinking, yeah, they've never seen us push push each other. Mm. And I say, do I shout at you? No, so you can shout yes. at me. But then you've got to make sure you don't, don't shout, shout at them. Yes, um, yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean with whatever you say and whatever rules you have, you and your partner need yes. to stick to it. So you need yes. to sit down beforehand and decide mm. what you're willing to let go. And of course, I definitely let the small battles go. So sure. like I said to parents, if you've got to bring your child to school in their pajamas, bring them to school in their pajamas, so what? Pack the clothes in the bag. The minute you leave, I go, and I've done that so many times. Mm. I go, Tawi, go get your clothes, let's dress. Mm. Add a little girl camp to pajama, in her pajamas for a year. So interesting though, Okra, because I think like this actually swings back around to our much earlier conversation, which is around the space for kids to play be and be. play and exactly because this is the kind of shit they pull at this age, right? And so you have to be like, cool, this 
this is how it is and and yeah. treat it with a level of lightness right yes. and so and just run with it but you know what the thing that. is i think also is that and and i've been thinking about this a lot is that every moment as a new parent and yes. as a parent to a young child feels like this moment is going to last forever. It does. And there's a sense of gravitas that you you approach each moment with as a parent, yes. right? And especially especially your first kid, mm. where you're like, if I don't get him changed in the morning, to use your example, if I don't get him changed in the morning and ready for the world, then this he's going to be 18 or 24 and he's going to be wanting to go to work in his fucking pajamas and I'm not that bitch. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not true. But I, I, I do, I, I look at it now and I'm like, shit, like, every moment I mm. put such gravity on each moment that I'm like yes. I inflate it to a point where I'm like it, it's unnecessary mm-hmm. but it's mm. hard to remember that when in you're the moment yeah. it is so hard. you know what also yeah. works for me and I have a very um, strong little daughter mm. very headstrong she really does she's so strong she's Beyonce basically good good <laughs> we need one we need one on <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, so what I did with her from a really young age was I would act when she gets has that shit fit and she's going mad about her clothes and everything is wrong. I pick her up and I hug her really tight and I say, "Mommy loves you so much. I can see that you." really angry right now and it would just dissolve and I would feel better and snap out of that I'm gonna kill her and she would feel better whereas when I continuously fight it and you almost yes. become childish sometimes where you want to go well fine then put on whatever you want mm. and storm off but that's yes. you know it's really out of experience it doesn't help no, so totally. I often find with mm. such a strong child that that really helps just mm. hugging her mm was hugging it out and I can feel her going limp in my arms and all the fights is gone and I can feel myself settling a bit also actually it's not the end of the world yes you know so that I also find helpful, helpful. makes a big yeah. difference. Mm. And how I mean, this this makes a lot of sense to me. So just last night, and I think he's dropping a nap. So we have a situation where if he naps for even just a little bit too long, the night. evening, mm. yeah, night, yeah. that's just it's just a lot. And so he took forever to go down, and he kept calling and calling. He said something, something's keeping me awake. Something's keeping me. And I said no, I don't think so. And initially I was quite patient, and then by like the fifth time I was like, this is enough. You know, you need to sleep now. I'm losing my mind. And then, and then I went back to my room, and exactly as you're saying, I was just like, oh man, this helps nothing. Like, this kid never responds to this shit. I can imagine that some kids do, and I actually yeah. know little children who do because I yeah. know their parents, yeah. and it's just how it's been set up in their house. But Tao, no, he's like, you yeah. can actually go fuck yourself. I'm not yeah. doing this. Yeah. I'm telling you, I need so another cuddle. I need a pat. Like, you'll say, pat me more <laughs> <laughs> who says that i mean i try to laugh at him but anyways <laughs> the point is i think going too loud too loud for the tenth time <laughs> the song is killing me <laughs> everything you are killing me when i eventually <laughs> when i eventually calm down when i calm down and i go back here <laughs> I sing to like in a nice voice because you're singing a drum, mama. <laughs> best life, best life. So bitch, this is like the this is the oh, this is one on one self care. Like I need self-care. you to pet me more. Pet me more, mama. Sing in that nice voice. Don't sing in that shit voice. What are you doing? Shit, me like this is shit. Treat me properly. <laughs> It's an opportunity, B. It's an opportunity. So I hear that. Like, be gentle, be kind. This child takes no drama. He's like, you are being unkind. Stop it. Touches me on my studio because I was a firstborn and I had a sibling three and a half years later. But I, I was know. a honey. I don't. Know. I had to get on with it. I don't even know if it's if it's that or if it's also that some of the parenting stuff is unkind on you. Totally. No. It so is. you're like you're no, you're absolutely. saying I'm being unkind on on you, but you're also being unkind on me. I don't want to sing the wheels on the bus. 
for the a hundredth time tonight. But in that moment, yeah. you understand that, and he does. He doesn't, not. and you have to pull yourself towards yourself. Exactly. Real quick. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so, what can I do? Last night, I mean, I had to get up. I was reading my book, and eventually, I was just like, oh, fuck it, fuck it. I'm never gonna get past this page. So I just lay there, going, I'll just wait, <laughs> Mama. <laughs> I completely hear you, okay? Be kind. <laughs> hug. Hug it out. I totally hear that. Be kind. And be humorous. Be kind. Be humorous. Yeah. And you know, another practical tip that's amazing is that you print out, because in the moment, you're so angry sometimes that you yes. just can't remember what, you know what the right thing is to say. Mm. When you read the articles about this, you're like, oh, makes so much sense yeah. it's amazing yeah. i'm gonna say that yeah print it out and stick it on your mirror or wherever you'll see it wherever you'll see it on your fridge or wherever mm. you are the most mm. so that you actually remember these little lines because it makes mm. such a big difference yes so yesterday so as i said okay we took our six week old for or i took my six week old for immunizations and i've got a three-year-old as well and he woke up in the middle of the night and i had been up all night with the six week old because he was struggling with with the immunizations um so i'm busy kind of like abbering and like rocking this kid perpetually to try and get him to sleep and the three-year-old Akani wakes up and he's calling for me and I can't go to him so I wake the dad to go and see what's up and as I wake him no but it's interesting for me because I've noticed that now being at home for two months close on two months now Mm. I have more space and more capacity in some ways that I didn't have before where I was at a job or whatever and I'm also seeing him my three-year-old in a more intimate way yeah for sustained period of time that I had because I was working full time. My job isn't flexible necessarily. Like I can work from home, but really most of the time because of meetings, I'm I'm at work. So it's been fascinating for me that I've realized that Agani needs boundaries as all kids do. He does need a firm voice to get things done, but he also needs kindness and humor. Exactly what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. And I woke Joey to say, can you please go and check what he needs? But he's been waking up. He's he's regressed naturally with the newborn. Mm -hmm. I woke Joey up to to go and check what he needed. And I was saying to him, as he left the room, I said, Mm -hmm. but be nice. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting for me because I, that was never something that I thought I would say. Not that we're not nice or we're not Mm -hmm. kind, but at three o'clock in the morning, you are a very different person. And I remember walking out of the room and said to Akani, Akani, I can't do this with you. Like, you've got your bottle, you've got your teddy, you're in a warm bed. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. You know that Samuel L. Jackson when I go, to fa- go the fuck to sleep? Have you seen yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and feeling very much along that yes. vein. Yes. And I've realized actually yes. exactly what you're saying, that children respond regardless of, like, their temperament. Yes. Because Akani and, and Tao are quite different children. But regardless of their temperament, to that level of, like, humor and kindness. So two nights mm. before, he had woken up, wanted a bottle, and I refuse to give him a bottle because I'm not rewarding waking up in the middle of the night I hate to say it I want him to go back to sleep but I went up and I sat down on one of these chairs that I'm sitting on now sat down next to his cot and, and we had a conversation and I was just like I'm not going to give you a bottle because you're going to wake up and you're going to have weed through your nappy and you'll be wet and you'll be cold because it's winter and I'm not giving you a bottle because you're going to expect a bottle every night when you wake up mm. but I am going to sit here with you and we can have a con- we can just chat and we can talk and we can until you're ready to go to sleep mm. it was a completely it took longer I think 15 Mm. minutes not even that long Mm. 15 minutes Mm. versus a screaming match of a poor kid who's just like what the fuck I just want another fucking bottle get me a bottle so it's just been really interesting for me and imagine being that little child Mm. you can't do anything on your own Mm. imagine like you us as grown-ups get up in the middle of the night you want some water you go get some water now i've got to depend on this person to go and do to go and give me water or to take me to the toilet or to everything Mm. in your life you have to get permission or you have to cry Mm. or you have to find a way that provoke a response get this grown-up to do what you need need. yes Mm. and that's that's quite i mean can you imagine that You know, and that's also why don't have too many rules. They also need yes. some control. Mm. So, like, here are two outfits. Which one do you want to wear mm. today? It's a good idea. Um, do you want porridge? I'm not saying a million choices. Do you want porridge mm. or toast? You know, like, mm-hmm. give them some choices some and some control. Because mm. yes. they can't control anything in their little lives. Mm. You decide when they go to sleep. You decide when they eat. And they, at, this is the age where they realize they're not you. Mm. They're their own little person and they want to start fighting for their own little life. Yes. So you've got to let them have some. 
Yeah. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I think and exactly what you're saying, like this is when they're starting to break free and become independent and autonomous. Mm. And it feels like an assault, mm. but actually it is an opportunity. And like, it's natural. Yeah. There would be something wrong if they didn't do that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There would be something yeah. very wrong. Yeah. yeah. So shame. Maybe we should stop calling them teenagers and just call them three again because maybe we love them. <laughs> we do love them, but... The- <laughs> We do love them. We love them dearly. But I, I think, yeah, it is a very specific age. And I think that... Willful souls. Willful souls and in a and in a very pressured society mm-hmm. where you're really struggling just on a day to day and then now mm-hmm. to come home and have to, like, fight against. You yeah. Know, and just be respectful. Mm. Be respectful. That's my very big thing with little children is to be respectful and to apologize when you've yeah. done something wrong. Yeah. You say yeah. sorry. Yeah. Mm. Mommy was shouting that was wrong. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Not mommy had a hard day at work. Mm. I'm really sorry that it's unacceptable. Sad. Yeah. I shouldn't shout at you. Mm. Mm. Okay. This has been very good and very useful yeah. for us, Dee. Super helpful. Yeah. We're gonna have to Thanks, remember Oka. all these things and like WhatsApp each other around bedtime yeah. and be like, "Were you respectful?" <laughs> Did you provide agency? Were you kind and did you find the humor? <laughs> but I do think maybe at some level it makes it easier for us also because we're able to see them as little people figuring mm. out, you know. And once you see the results, mm. you'll also do more of it. Because Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying one nap. What do you mean? One nap. You want to have one nap? Yes. So you're tired today? Yes. But you haven't been sleeping well. You, ha- you haven't wanted to nap, so why are you tired today? Oh. Hmm? I'm tired. Okay, I think exactly as Kath has said, there's so much support um, in the first two years. And also, I was listening to you earlier talking about the little baby group and stuff. And there's so many things that have become so commercialized mm. around that age. Mommy and me, nanny yeah. and me, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of kind of investment in that first phase, right? Mm. And and then it's almost like Okay, you're on your own. Bye. <laughs> Enjoy. Have exactly fun. Exactly like that. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I, I won't lie, like there's so many nights, week nights where I'm nervous sometimes to come home, especially when I'm really exhausted. Mm. I'm just like oh dear, where do I find the energy now mm. to say it's not an iPad night or it's not so Tao has started going because I I've Oh man, just totally failed at this. But I was trying to do a um, we don't watch iPad at night stuff, right? During the week. During yeah. the week. And I think we did it maybe like two or three nights. But the only way I can like warm his supper and get stuff mm. ready and mine and for us to eat kind of around the same time, he'll go, can I watch? And then I'm like, okay, well, it's only, you can only watch on a special night. So now he started going, it's, it's a special, special night. night. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> Like, I laugh to myself every night, but, like, every night's a special night now. <laughs> okay, failing again. Cross. Fail. Fail, D. <laughs> so, but it's it's so tricky because I, I you know, he's also in a phase where I told you, okay, where he, he hits me, mm. he smacks, and he gets very, very angry. And I do think a course would be helpful because nobody quite knows how to tap into, you know, pause, think about it, pick your kid up, give them a hug. It kind of softens some of that. And especially hitting and stuff, you know, like what I always say to parents is it's not okay. It's never okay. Yeah. And you need to say no. If you're not going to stop, I'm going to leave the room. Mm. And then you remove yourself often they do follow you and carry on hitting you of course but then you know then you're gonna i'm gonna close myself in the bathroom because i'm not gonna allow you to hurt me because mm. i know you love me you know i think it's very important to be firm around that stuff and that's what i mean yeah. like we could have lunch next week and talk about the things that you can say like even if you have to write it down yeah. on your phone yeah and then you yes. go back to it yeah. yes and then you say some kind of reference yeah Yeah. but this is what i also find so fascinating so i bought a book earlier in the session before we even started recording and was showing you this book around mindfulness for children and you were Mm. saying oh it's great that they have practical tools Mm. inside them inside this book because i'm similar to d in the sense where 
if something is really overwhelming me, I throw myself into it and I research it ad nauseum at three mm. o'clock in the morning, whatever. I'm on mm. like various different articles, reading things about what, what, what can I practically do? And very often it's quite theoretical and at yeah. quite a theoretical level. Yes. And also it's at a level where I do want to show a gunny that it is not okay. Those things are not okay. Not that the boundaries are porous or whatever the case is. It's not okay for you mm. to assault me or hit me, especially around bigger things, right? Mm. So, like, the violence for me is a big thing. And certainly violence around raising a boy in South Africa is a huge thing for me. Yes. And this is what I'm saying around, like, I do think mm. that what I struggle with as a parent is that I inflate every kind of incident, or not every incident, but specific incidents, mm. to a degree that is unnecessary. So I, I take it out of it just being a toddler who mm. is going through sure. what he's going through. Mm. And think about it around like I'm raising a boy, like mm. I, like you know, like what and is it's this? Not mean? always helpful because and it's yeah. not always helpful. Yeah. And what I need is somebody to anchor me back mm. in that moment and mm. say, this is what's happening for this little person in this moment for you. And yeah. these are practical tools that you mm. can kind of use to mm. navigate that space. So maybe try mm. this week to just do like three things. So go down to their level yeah. when you mm. talk to them. Yeah. I often find touch is a big thing. So you touch them, mm. hold their hand mm. or touch their mm. shoulder, go mm. down to that level. Keep it simple. Don't preach. Mm. No, that was not nice. You do not smack your brother. Mm. Mm. And then do the hug thing. So do like those, those three things. things. Yeah. And also, as you say, like come up with a set, a set of what those rules are. So yeah. know what the outcome is before you walk into the conversation. Mm. Yeah. But have that participatory conversation with them where you say, what are the rules of the household? You know, and that can also evolve as is age appropriate. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. don't make rules that are harder to, like the iPad. Be consistent. Yeah, like it's going to be hard on you if you can't, if you can't watch the iPad because how are you going to make supper? Yes, exactly. You know, so that's yeah. my big conundrum. So like conundrum. let go of the little things. Like yeah. so you watch the iPad yeah. while you make supper. Like, yeah, I'm at the okay. point where I just, okay. whatever, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's watching violence, he's yes. watching Peppa Pig. Sure, yeah, sure, you know? yeah, sure. Okay, this has been really helpful, so thank you so much. Thank I do you, think okay. we're going to have to circle, and I hate to say it, I know that I think that there's just a complexity around raising children where Absolutely. we start off on a topic, as is always the case, and we veer off so completely from that topic because hmm. raising children is probably one of the hardest things that we're having to do and figure out, and you want to raise human beings who are whole and happy and healthy and contribute and productive and all the rest. So, okay, thanks so much for your time and Thank all you. of your okay. insights. Um, we really, really do appreciate yeah. it. And I suspect that we will definitely be tapping into your expertise again in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, your energy. Thank <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So uh, watch out for the next, what is it? The sixth episode. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe and review our podcast below. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 Attitude. The same way I immerse myself in my career. Yeah. You've now immersed yourself in motherhood. I've now immersed myself in motherhood. Mommy the bounce. Mommy the bounce. Mommy the bounce. Weird. Yeah. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mama. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, on a serious note, it's it's been really dope. Thank you. Okay, bye. Mama, 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 mama. mama. mama.